This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. G-O-M-O-T-O.com. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor at Automotive News. Welcome to Daily Drive for Friday, November 12, 2021. Auto auctions, like franchise dealers, have accelerated their shift to digital processes during the pandemic. In April, before the magnitude of the chip shortage was clear, Peter Kelly was promoted to become the new CEO of Car Global, the auto auction giant. I spoke with him last week about the company's transition to online auctions, his approach to acquisitions, and whether the board might consider restoring the dividend. I reached him at the company's headquarters in Carmel, Indiana. Peter Kelly, welcome to Daily Drive. Jamie, thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Great to have you. It's great to have you. So, of course, as many of our listeners know, right, you were a pioneering digital auction entrepreneur uh, before your startup Open Lane was acquired by Car Global and you joined the company. Uh, so it shouldn't be a big surprise that you continue to add digital capabilities uh, since you became the top executive. But before we get into some of those specific projects, can you set the stage for us a little? You know, when the pandemic reached the U.S., uh, your predecessor really pushed to go to an all online auctions. And certainly auctions are a great economic function to handle with a digital process. But you also had customers who really wanted to see cars running down lanes. So where are you now in that balance between digital and, and physical auction? That is correct. You know, we uh, I think our, our business and our industry has been moving in a digital direction for well over a decade at this point. Um, but we saw that accelerate a lot, you know, a little over a year ago when COVID first happened. And you're right, Jim Hallett. Uh, and obviously, I was part of the company then as well. We we moved the business to 100% digital uh, footing pretty much overnight. Um, and we stayed that way for, I'd say, over a year. Um, every, every vehicle we sold was sold online to, uh, to online buyers. Um, but we also did hear, as you said, from customers uh, about some customers' preference to see cars run uh, you know, in the more traditional physical format and the opportunity for buyers to come in in person uh, to physical auctions and buy cars. So we have reopened a number of auctions uh, across our network, but not all of them. Um, and at those locations we run, I would say typically our dealer consigned and repossessed vehicle lanes we run. We don't run for the most part off lease cars or, or rental cars. Um, so it's, bit of, it's a bit of a mix. What does that mean overall? You know, I, lo- I actually looked this morning at some statistics for last month. Um, over 80% of the vehicles we sold last month, that month at Car Global, did not run down auction lanes, right? Uh, so only 20% actually ran live. So the vast majority of the vehicles we offer uh, are, are offered in a purely digital setting. And if I look at the vehicles purchased, 90% of the vehicles purchased last month were purchased online by, by online buyers. So it, it is the vast majority of our vehicles that are selling digitally at this point. But, you know, even though it's only 10 or 20%, depending on which statistic you look at, there still are some customers that have a preference for seeing business done uh, in, in the more physical realm. And that's something we want to support as well. 
So you said that was interesting to me. You said you don't run any, you know, off lease uh, vehicles or, or rental cars. I guess those are probably more predictable uh, and more standardized in their condition. Is it is it some of the more unique vehicles that that people really want to see in person? Yeah, I think you're right. It's more um, some of the older, higher mileage, rougher vehicles. There's just more variability uh, in in the condition. You know, and maybe that's a little more difficult to capture, uh, to capture through a an online condition report. At least that's the thinking, yeah. Jamie. Yep. Um, yep. I yep. will say, however, though, if I look at platforms like Backlot Cars, we sell, you know, tens tens of thousands of lower value vehicles every single month uh, on platforms like that, um, and have a lot of success, and that works really well for for sellers and buyers there as well. So. Uh, I, I think both work, but you're right. If, if I'm looking at the vehicles running uh, physically, they would tend to be older, higher mileage, and they, perhaps a little bit rougher from a condition standpoint. So what are you focused on as areas to improve you know, the digital processes? What, what are the gaps in commercial activity that, that you're trying to close with technology? Yeah, good, good question. You know, I continue to believe that Long term, the trend continues to be towards digital and towards a more digital marketplace. And I think that just has more efficiency uh, benefits for sellers and buyers in terms of selection, convenience, price, and so on. So I think that's ultimately where industry continues to trend. Um, I'd say the biggest thing that we continue to focus on, and it's probably a task that never really ends, is how do you de-risk the purchase, particularly for the buyer? when they're viewing a vehicle condition report through a screen, as opposed to standing in front of the vehicle and seeing it in person, right? You're trying to give the buyer that confidence that the way we're representing the vehicle on the screen is what you can expect when that vehicle rolls off the back of the truck at your dealership. Um, so having really good condition reports, good photos, um, diagnostic information on the vehicle, mechanical condition of the vehicle, you know, all of that stuff. And then I would say as well, in the event where we, fail to get all the way there, you know, protecting the buyer when, you know, and it is only in a minority of cases when that vehicle shows up and it's not what they thought. So having purchase guarantees or the right sort of arbitration provisions that, that they're protected, even if that situation should, should arise. I'd say that's, that's the principal thing, but there's obviously a host of other stuff. Uh, Jamie, as you might imagine, um, you know, uh, uh, across our, our business and across the various ways we serve, serve customers to, to continue to innovate and evolve and make our service better every single day. Well, sure. That uh, certainly is fundamental to uh, doing these kinds of deals and, and to keep improving the, the trust and, and, and earning it even when, when things don't go exactly right. But uh, you've also, you've been doing a lot with uh, sort of dealer to dealer transactions. What's your vision there? How do you, how do you see that growing? Good question. You know, you're right. We have been doing a lot. We've uh, invested a lot in that segment. Um, I will say, Jamie, this year, you know, if we look at volumes of vehicles flowing to the wholesale channel, um, the volumes on the commercial side of our business, you know, we talked about off-lease cars and rental cars and even repossessed vehicles. The volumes of those types of vehicles are well down and well below historical norms for a whole bunch of reasons that, that you know, are covered extensively in your publication. <laughs> Um, but uh, we've certainly seen the impact of that. Uh, and that's been a challenge for us because our business, more than half of our supply in a typical year would be from commercial sellers. Um, but we have seen strong growth on the dealer side of the business, dealers, you know, the dealer to dealer uh, part of the business. 
Again, I, I fundamentally believe that is moving in a more digital direction. I mentioned platforms like Backlot Cars. We also own TradeRev in Canada, and we recently acquired CarWave um, here in the U.S. as well. Uh, those platforms have all been growing, uh, selling cars, dealer-to-dealer dealer dealer vehicles. Typically, the sellers are typically franchise dealers selling you know, uh, trade-in units and wholesale, wholesale units, and the buyers, for the most part, independent dealers. Uh, but some franchise dealers as well on the buy side, um, buying those cars to retail uh, for the retail business. Uh, so we've seen strong growth there. And, you know, we've seen growth overall in our, in our third quarter. We just uh, had our earnings call last week. Um, our total dealer consignment volume grew 20% versus third quarter of last year. So I took that as a positive um, and certainly helps to offset some of the challenges we've had on the volume side from our commercial sellers. How does that process of the uh you know building trust and maybe reconciling when things go wrong is it is it simpler maybe simpler is is too simple of a word but is is it a little easier when you're dealing with professionals who have a shared understanding than if you were dealing with consumers who might have a wide a wide array of expectations uh, Jamie, first of all, I think you, you're, the word you used twice already, trust, is the word. That, that's, that is the word, building trust in the system, in the platform, in the, in the process. Um, I do think it is easier when you're dealing with um, you know, professionals and, and dealers, and we have a shared understanding of, of vehicles and what is a reasonable condition of a vehicle given a certain mileage and a certain age. Um, you know, we try to build on that. Uh, you know, when I look at platforms like Backlot Cars, we use... Uh, certified mechanics to inspect vehicles. Uh, so people who have a really good understanding of um, vehicles and their condition and, and uh, you know, all, all, of, all of those types of aspects. Um, so, you know, we, we again, uh, with the intent of building trust in the process and in the platform, um, are trying to make sure we've got the right level of professionals inspecting the vehicles. We're describing the vehicles as best we can. And then offering the buyers and sellers the right levels of protection uh, in, in those edge cases where the car is something different to what they expected. We'll be back for more with Car Global CEO Peter Kelly after this. Your service check in process sets the tone for your customer's entire visit. Do your customers wait longer than five minutes to check in for service? Are your advisors presenting upsells to every customer every time? How often is the opportunity for trade appraisals missed? When your service drive gets busy, these inefficiencies directly impact revenue. Give your customers the option to handle the entire check-in process themselves. From appointment scheduling through final confirmation, all in under two minutes. Customers have the experience they want while selling themselves which means your advisors are freed up to focus on profit-producing activities. It's a win-win for both CSI and your revenue. Introducing a smarter service lane. GoMoto is the self-service kiosk designed to grow your business. If you're ready to start increasing revenue, improving the customer experience, and maximizing service efficiency today, visit GoMoto.com. That's G-O-M-O-T-O.com.
You also announced a partnership last month with Hearst Black Book to facilitate trade-in pricing for online auto shoppers, and that also has a dealer-to-dealer component. Uh, can you explain that a little uh, for us? Yeah, you know, that's that's an interesting partnership. I'd say it's very early stages for us yet, Jamie, but, um, you know, as we look at this wholesale business of ours, I, I mentioned it's moving in a more digital direction, but the same is true of the retail used vehicle business and, and the, the, the process by which a retail consumer wants to acquire their next used vehicle or wants to trade in their current used vehicle. Um, and I know that your dealer audience is investing a lot to build out those types of tools to help deliver that retail used vehicle experience for a digital used vehicle retail experience, I should say, for the for their end customer. And I think that's an area we can help dealers be more successful. Um, and I, I guess when, when I think about a platform like Backlog Cars here in the US, essentially what that enables us to do is sell any vehicle from any location in a very short space of time and do that in a 100% digital format and have all the data around what is the marketplace delivering on a vehicle like this right now. Uh, so that, that capability and that data is something we can then enable a franchise dealer, for example, to use as part of their trade-in process where they're dealing with a retail customer in a digital format. Um, so really the partnership with BlackBook is, 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 is you know, has that in mind. We're, we're here to help our customers, dealers, and other, um, you know, motor manufacturers and other industry partners um, help them deliver a more deep, a more digital retail experience, particularly on the trade-in side of their business. And we can enable that, we can help de-risk that, and we can help sell those cars in the wholesale channel if the dealer decides they don't want them. We touched on the CarWave acquisition. And of course, that was a significant amount of money, almost a half a billion dollars. And uh, I noticed, you know, so <clears throat> as you're spending money, right, I noticed you aren't spending money on dividends these days. Uh, what What is your philosophy on the use of cash? Are there, are there earnings or cash flow numbers that, you could hit that would lead to a return of the dividend or do you just kind of fundamentally prefer to invest in operations and acquisitions over dividends and buybacks? First of all, we're fortunate that we're, we have a business that has strong cash flow and capital generation characteristics. Um, so that is a strength of our business and has continued to be a feature of our business, even in the 2020 and 2021, which have been challenging years from a, a macro perspective. Um, so the business generates capital, and then we we have decisions as to how do we utilize that capital. And again, I'd say there are three 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 layers to that. One is we invest some capital in organic growth and the development of our internal systems and investments in our properties, and uh, you know so you know internal organic capital investments in technology or facilities. That that's probably the first thing we look at. Second thing is strategic M and A that advances our strategy and, and, and supports our long-term goals. And, and being a leader in digital dealer-to-dealer marketplaces is a key strategic objective here for the company. So we've made significant investments in that. Um, I'm hoping that from here on, we'll do that organically. I think we've, we've done the acquisitions we want to do at this point. Um, and then the third uh, use of capital is return capital to shareholders. And we do that typically through stock buybacks and dividends. Um, Jamie, the dividend we did suspend the board did suspend the dividend when COVID first happened, and we haven't reinstated it. But we do con- we have continued to do some share buybacks, 
and we've returned capital to shareholders uh, uh, in that mechanism, um, you know, over the last 18 months. So we, we look at all of that. Uh, any decision to reinstate the dividend would be a board decision. And, and I don't want to comment on that. Uh, all I can say is that they haven't decided to do that yet. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I could see why you might want to get a little further out of the woods uh, from uh, the sense of the overall economy and, and what the pandemic you know, continues to, to do. I'm curious, though, uh, what is your your thinking about the economy these days? Are you worried? Are you having trouble finding workers? Are you worried about inflation? Or are you optimistic that the growth that maybe we expected this year <laughs> will come next year? Uh, I, what, what's your what's your overall feeling about the economy? There's the macro economy, and then there's sort of our used vehicle economy. If, if, if I start maybe with the used vehicle economy, I will say that in all candor, the impacts of the semiconductor shortage, you know, I can tell you a year ago, that was not something that was on my radar screen. I was not aware of semiconductor, potential semiconductor supply chain issues. That was something that sort of became apparent, you know, in the first quarter of this year. And the, and the impacts of that on, you know, reduced new vehicle supply, uh, what that's done to used vehicle values and how that's impacted the volumes flowing through our channel. That has been a challenge. There's no question. That has been a challenge uh, for us and, and for our customers coming to our auctions, seeing like, fewer vehicles. And again, it's been an industry-wide phenomenon. So I guess you know the outlook for that, I do see that improving over time. I think we're probably at the bottom in terms of the impact of the semiconductor shortage. And you know that'll start to improve sometime next year. And volumes will pick up, and 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 honestly, that can't happen soon enough. I would say <laughs> from my vantage point. Um, so very hopeful that that happens. We're watching that carefully, and that's probably the biggest single thing impacting our business. If I look at the broader economy, you know, inflation is a concern. You know, that seems to be. You know, I saw some statistics today. I, I think the highest inflation rate since 1980 or something. I can't even remember, but uh, it was you know 30 more 30 plus years or something. Um, that's somewhat a concern. Uh, and, you know, skill and talent is, I think, a concern for all businesses. I think we're seeing it harder to, uh, you know, companies are having to compete harder for the talent that they need to grow their businesses. And that's, that's across, I would say, all industries, but, but it's true in our industry too, particularly, I'd say, with skilled uh, automotive technicians and, and those types of skill sets are, are in very much in demand today. Okay. Well, thank you so much, uh, Peter Kelly. Thank you so much for joining us on The Daily Drive. Thank you, Jamie. I appreciate the time this afternoon and, and uh, great to have the chance to talk with you today. That's Daily Drive for November 12. Special thanks to multimedia producer Eric Jones, whose last day with us is today. He's been with Daily Drive since the beginning and has had a big hand in our Shift Mobility podcast as well. Thank you, Eric. For the latest news on the auto industry, type in autonews.com. And for a complete catalog of more than 350 interviews, go to autonews.com slash daily drive. I'm Jamie Butters. Thanks for listening.